What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast. My name is Matt Inslee, the Associational Mission Strategist of the Collin Baptist Association, one of the pastors of First Baptist Farmersville, and I'm joined by Dr. Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman, director of replanter development, something like that, with the North American Mission Board and fan of the first place. First place. is Ranger. Once again, first place. Woo-woo. Yeah, woo-woo. Just days... With any, if the Rangers just have to win one and they need the Astros to lose at least one. And if either of those things happen in the last, the Rangers have four games left, Astros have three games left. If any of those things happen, the the Rangers win the West. And then I will get um, unbelievably excited only to no doubt be let down sometime in the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) Similarly, a few weeks ago, we shared an article that helped some pastors get excited about some of the positive trends in post. And now we're going to suck all the air out of the room. Yeah, just like that final out in the World Series in 2015, I think it was. Uh, We're going to... I'm not going to give you that information because I don't want you to... I refuse to acknowledge what you were talking about. I have the clip queued up right here. You ready? Here we go. No. Uh, So on the one hand, there are some amazingly positive trends that we are seeing in some of the churches. Obviously, that means not all churches. And also, that means there are some not so positive trends that are out there. And recently, actually September 26th, over on Lifeway Research, Uh, which you can find, hey, there's some great articles all the time, research.lifeway.com. Absolutely, fantastic stuff. Some of the most popular ones are Six Qualities of Biblical Manhood, uh, the 15 most popular Bible verses on love, and growing Southern Baptist churches more likely in Northeast among newer churches, 75 icebreaker questions for church small groups, most popular sermon passage, in topics in 2021. Uh, So there's a number of great things that you can always check out over there, including one that we recommend is on how should you interact with artificial intelligence when it comes to sermon preparation? Uh, We also refer to that as how do you utilize Kyle Bierman in your sermon prep? Uh, (laughs) But yes, today we're going to discuss one that came out on September 26th that is kind of like the other side of the coin. Five current challenges facing U.S. churches. I know we have friends that maybe tune in from across the globe. We're grateful for you all. We have no idea what's going on (laughs) in your neck of the woods. And if Lifeway Research posts about it, we will. Uh, But we We don't. And so the latest report from exploring the pandemic impact on congregations track challenges that may be warning signs for U.S. churches. And again, we shared about some positive things. You can go back and look at those. But before we dive in, want to remind you that if you are looking for a place to grow in your walk with the Lord and prepare to serve him in ministry, come and visit Southwestern Seminary. At Southwestern, you will find experienced professors committed to practicing what they teach you. And by being on campus, you'll get a glimpse of the many ministry opportunities in the surrounding area. Hey, and listen, if 
you are a kids minister looking for a church, I can find you a spot like today. If you're a worship pastor looking for a church, I can find you a spot today. If you're a pastor, I can probably find you a spot too. Student pastor, we have a lot of needs in DFW. And if you want to see for yourself that, I'll take you out to lunch, get you a cup of coffee, take you around. But you can also come for the preview day at Southwestern on October 20th to find out how Southwestern can help you live your calling. Register now at swivets.edu forward slash preview. Kyle, enough of that. Let's get into the current challenges that are facing U.S. churches. We know the challenge facing First Baptist Farmersville, and that is a person, Dr. Matt Hensley. But (laughs) as far as what is facing all U.S. churches, the first one is that more churches are in a significant decline. So compared to three years ago, a higher percentages a higher percentage of churches say they are facing serious attendance declines. 2020, 27% of religious congregations said they lost more than a quarter of their worship attendance. By 2023, 30% report a similarly steep drop. So, Kyle, what do you think about that? We just talked about there's a trend in this going up. So, yeah, what's this? What's this saying to you? Well, so so what it says is that overall across the board, churches are seeing attendance increase. However, those churches that were declining um, seem to seem to be declining more rapidly than they were. So, um, Aaron throws out the statistic here: currently, fifty-four percent of churches are declining by at least five percent. So that. Um, that falls right in line with what we've seen in recent years of somewhere between 80 to even up as high as 90% of churches are either in um, a plateau where they're not really growing. They're not necessarily, um, they're not necessarily declining, but they're, they're not growing. They're just kind of stagnant in their attendance numbers and in their membership numbers. Um, what we are seeing is that those who are declining tend to be declining at a faster rate. Um, and I would say across the board in the work that I've done in replanning, um, here are the statistics to back it up, but I would say from an experiential standpoint, I've seen that just in talking with, um, with churches and I think decline kind of like a a period of church growth. So, so a church growth can compound on itself, right? As the church grows, um, there's excitement, um, news gets out, the, the, the growth can kind of. Um, spiral upwards with that. The same is true for decline. As the church starts to decline, folks begin to realize, oh, like there's not as many people here. And that, I mean, just morale goes down um, and and you can kind of see that begin to spiral downward very similarly. Yeah. And if you're a visual learner, there's a great picture here with a a chart that kind of shows the growth and decline trends that remain consistent. So there is a lot of similarity, and so I like to just kind of compare one with the other. So in 2023, here currently, 22% are experiencing much growth, which is great. Uh, that is only down slightly from 23% uh, three years ago. Uh, staying the same, some growth is 11% on both. But then in 2023, there's a slight drop in those that are stable. Those that are maybe plateauing is only 12% versus 14% in 2020, but then in 2023, almost a quarter, 24% are experiencing some decline, while a quarter, 25%, 
experienced that in 2020. And then, of course, the much decline, as we're talking about, that's 30% now, which is up from 27%. So not a lot, but when you you know extrapolate that across many churches, that is a number of churches that are struggling. And a quick chance for me to say, why don't you say just a quick note about what you guys, since you're wearing that shirt, replant, what maybe y'all can do to help some of those that are experiencing that some decline and especially that much decline side of things. Just get a, give us a yeah. quick elevator speech on how you can help some of those churches that might be in the much decline stage. Yeah. So the easiest way is to go to nam.net, N-A-M-B.net slash replant. And there you'll find all of our resources. Um, there's a church health survey that you can take that will kind of give you a picture of your church um, as well as uh, you know, I mean, if you if you recognize, man, we need some help right now, um, you'll find a way to contact us. And that's replant at nam.net. Um, that goes to us. And you can just say, I mean, you can send us an email like we get all the time. Help. My church is in decline. Um, I need a conversation with somebody. Um, but if you go to, to nam.net slash replant, um, you, you'll find all kinds of resources there to help. That's the easiest place to find uh, to get to get help in a, in a quick way there, Matt. Yeah. So number one is that there are more churches in significant decline, but y'all, there are a lot of resources out there to maybe help you turn that around. And so this podcast is one of those. The work with the replant team is another. Many state conventions have revitalization gurus. I know that uh, here in Texas, we have Anthony Swada in the team at the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention. At the Baptist General Convention of Texas, there is a massive Houston Astros fan. <laughs> What's his name? His name is Jonathan Smith. I'm a big yes, fan sir. of his work, not so much a big fan of his baseball team. But. Don't microwave the brisket. Yes. In fact, I have that sticker on my laptop, Matt. Don't microwave the brisket. Yes, 100%. <laughs> so, speaking of Jonathan Smith, uh, number two is aging leaders in congregations. Hey, Jonathan, I love you. <laughs> but the, the overall age of the views expressed by Matt Hensley do not necessarily reflect the views of Kyle Beerman on this point. <laughs> well, to be honest, I had hoped that you said something about like some of the resources from John Mark Clifton because I was totally going to make that joke with him. But the most <laughs> recent thing that was said was Jonathan Smith. So sorry, Jonathan, we love you. Uh, but the aging leaders and congregation yeah. is another thing that is inching upward. And so a Lifeway research analysis found the average age of U.S. Protestant pastors has remained fairly stable over the past decade, moving from 53.6 uh, percent in 2000, no, 53.6 years old in 2013 to 53.84 in 2024. So apparently none of them aged more than uh, like two, just, just a couple of months. Like, yeah. It's amazing. Like in, in so many years, you've only grown that much. But no, the Hartford Institute research found a more consistent increase climbing from 57 in 2020 to 59 in 2023. That spells danger for the Young Pastors Network for the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention because eventually there's not going to be Indy under 40. No. Hey, uh, so I'll, if the if the average age is of somewhere between 53 to 59, um I just turned 40. Um technically most young pastors networks like you age out at, at 40. Um I'm going to argue here, we need to increase that to, let, let's say 50. Let's just say that under 50, you are a young pastor. Um, I found this. 
mostly because I don't want to, I don't want to admit that I'm no longer a young, a young. And so let, let's just, let's, let's make a decision right here, Matt young based on the average age of pastor under 50, you're a young pastor. There we go. Thus shall it be written. Thus shall it be done. <laughs> but not only is the pulpit graying, but so are the pews. Aaron Earls. Listen, if you are listening to this, that might be the best line that I've ever seen on Lifeway, Lifeway Research. Well done. That was a great way to kind of encapsulate what we're seeing in the pulpit and in the pews, because in 2020, 33% of congregational members were 65 and up. That has grown to 36% in 2023, and that is certainly evident in mainline uh, Protestant churches, they note, where 50% are older than 65. Wow. But, hey, this is... This is a problem because it also has a cascading effect. You talked about how maybe churches that see some growth, it, it tends to kind of get some momentum and do even more. Churches that see some decline can get some dementum, uh, unmomentum, uh, whatever it is, and spiral out of control. The same thing can be true uh, here. And when churches get older and pastors get older and we don't have those that are coming up and being, you know, calling out the called, as we've talked about on here, that Paul Chitwood, Kevin Azell, others talk about often, when you don't have that, where are the pastors going to be 5, 10, 15 years from now? So Kyle, what else would you add to that? Yeah. And and so if, if you are in a church that is primarily older, older than 65, um, and and here he says, according to the Hartford Institute, there are now more churchgoers older than 65 than younger than 35. All right. So so churchgoers as a whole are an older crowd. So if you're in a church that is primarily older people, this is not an excuse to just ignore them and go pursuing young families, right? You, as Jared Wilson likes to say, um, you're called to love the church that you have, not the church that you wish you had. Uh, you're called to minister the church that you have. So if your church is primarily older saints, love them, shepherd them, disciple them while seeking to reach younger families. Um, because um, if your church is primarily 65 years and older, that means that in the next 10 to 15 years, you're going to see um, a significant number of uh, two things, probably deaths. You're going to see some deaths and you're going to see folks move away um, to be closer to kids or folks who are just not able to attend like they were. And so a, a church that is that with a lot of 65 year olds now will have a lot of 75 year olds in 10 years. That's, that's not to panic over that. That's just a reality to understand that unless you are reaching young folks, your church will reach a point where um, it, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And it, that uh, hits this kind of downward trend that we're talking about. Yeah. Now, I'm sure number three has nothing to do with number two <laughs> as congregations get older. But number three is less desire to change. Aaron notes that churches are now less likely to be willing to change. And so, again, some of this is going to have a cascading effect. Churches that are declining and so forth, maybe not having the same willingness, willingness to make some of the shifts necessary to turn that around and things like that. But the Hartford Institute reports have historically demonstrated the link between willingness to change and church growth. Now, fewer churches indicate a desire to change their methodology. And so in the spring of 2020, almost three in four churches, 73 percent, 
agreed they were willing to change, including 23 that strongly agreed. During 2021, almost 9 in 10 congregations wow, expressed their willingness to change. I want to say that might be, well, we had to. <laughs> like there was yeah. some measure of that. It was forced upon them. Yeah. So it's which which probably to, leads to this next statistic. Yes, and so then that number has since dropped and so today two in three churches 66% say they are willing to change and only 20% strongly agree. Mm. And so yeah. honestly there's there is a dip here but not as as much and so forth. Right. I think some of this could have been kind of the covid blip that uh maybe spurred some of that on but number 4 yeah. then navigating changing worship experiences. About three quarters, three and four churches, 73% are conducting hybrid services that include both in-person worship and online streaming. We can also thank uh, COVID for that. In a quarter, 25% are only doing in-person. 2% though, here's this was kind of interesting to me, still 2% are strictly online. Yeah, that is interesting. One of those here. Uh, in our area that he only meets online. And so these were rapid changes for congregations and leaders, given only 20% say they streamed their services in 2019. So a lot of people got on board and many of them kept it, in other words. And and I think some of that goes without saying we kind of know that past and what led to that. Um, Y'all, this is just another chance to say, hey, do it, do it well. Make pass yeah. for them to give, pass for them to plug in, and still continue that in-person uh, gathering and so forth that encourage that. But we still have some that are unable to do that. So make this a possibility for them. And again, if, if you have a staff member that can do it, great. But this is a great opportunity for a church member to maybe be up in that sound booth or wherever you have your live stream kind of running from or whatever and let them be like the online engagement person. Encourage people yeah. to say, hey, I'm watching from Lubbock, Texas. You know, hey, Kyle, welcome to the, you know, not to the show. I nearly said the show. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's not what you say. Welcome uh, to our church service. If we can pray for you, if you need something, please message us now. You know, here's how you can do it, that kind of stuff. Have a way for them to engage. And so let's move on then from that uh, to number five, exhausted pastors. Now mm. you touched on one thing is as our congregations are aging, so too are perhaps the number of funerals we are doing. So that does add to it. Um, There is a, that's kind of an extra thing that pastors usually have to navigate and counsel through and so forth. But a 2021 Lifeway research study found few pastors actually left the ministry in recent years. The annual rate of pastors leaving the pulpit in 2021, 1.5% was ultimately unchanged compared to 2015, which was 1.3, but that doesn't mean they never thought about it, right? And so the Hartford Institute report found pastors have grown more likely consider to consider leaving their specific congregation and the ministry completely. I assume that Bart Barber is among those uh, for reasons un related to any of these other things. Beginning in about September 2021, I'm sure his uh, his considerations of leaving the ministry have, have increased. Yes, because in 2021, 79% of church leaders said they never seriously considered leaving. 10% said it, yeah, it crossed my mind. 5% said they thought about it every once in a while, you know, a few times. 3% fairly often. 3% very often. But by 23 
62% said they never thought about it, while 32% considered it once or twice, 10% a few times, 4% fairly often, and 2% very often. So, Kyle, why, why do you think uh, maybe that could be? So uh, the, the pandemic had a lot to do with it, right? Um, you, you had a lot of pastors, I think, who were just dealing with um, decision fatigue coming out of 20 and 21. And, you know, a lot of churches saw kind of a, a couple of waves of COVID. So after the initial shutdowns um, and and reopening, almost every church I know reopened with fewer people than they closed with, right? So, so you, you had you had fewer people, sometimes significantly fewer people, who showed up in you know the early summer of 2020 when when churches could begin meeting again. Um, but then, uh, you know, I knew several churches who had um, outbreaks of COVID among their congregations, so they would go a week or two here and there without meeting just because so many people were out and they didn't want to, they, they didn't want to be a super spreader. Right. Um, and so you, you had kind of those decisions. I think you also had that same summer of 2020. If you remember, there was a whole lot of political unrest leading up to the 2020 election um, through some of the, um, the race riots that we saw um, over that summer. And, and so you came out of this pandemic where so many decisions had to be made and, and rethought and you would make a decision. Okay, this is what we're going to do. And then, you know, a few days later, everything fell apart, like everything changed and, and you had to completely abandon that. And then you had just kind of this um, increased political tension across the country. And, and I think if we're honest, that tension has not really gone away in the last three years. Now, here we are again in another big election cycle that looks like it's going to be a slugfest and could be just as ugly. Um, and, and I think pastors feel that, right? They're, they, they would hear it from, in the, in, from folks in the church of not just, um, you know, what we've talked about before of the, the debate over masks, the debate over closing or reopening your church, but then also, um, you know, just the debate over, over the politics of, you know, preacher, are you going to address these politics from the pulpit? Um, are you going to tell our folks how they have to vote? Um, you know, why, why don't you speak out more on political issues? And, and there's just a lot of tensions that, that, that are coming out that were present, but I don't know, it seems like they've been amped up in the last three years. And so, you know, that, and that just increases anxiety that increases, um, you know, folks, uh, edginess. And so that can even cause like maybe minor disagreements within the church, if there's already kind of that tension, that can cause a minor disagreement to, to turn into a major blow up really quickly. And and all of these things can kind of affect the way that that we handle other decisions because they other things may be blown out of proportion as a as a result. Yeah. And and again we we didn't touch on loneliness and isolation and some of that. That was yeah, all that. very high and the pandemic age and you know still probably is uh you know i know a lot of associations like our, ours are working to network pastors and some of that but it's it's it is a two-way street you know we can take the street ultimately to your doorstep but you still got to jump out of the door and and head out to be a part of that kind of stuff and so hey pastor if you feel a little isolated a little lonely you you need to also take some initiative and reach out and uh, take that first step, perhaps to reach out to your DOM or your area rep. If your state convention has those, I know 
both here in Texas, that that's really where I have most of my understanding. You know, BGCT, SBTC has some area reps or area catalyst representatives that are out here kind of in different quadrants of the area. So they can drive and do drive all day long to different churches for coffee, lunch, all that kind of stuff and hang out. And so that's at your disposal, at your fingertips. But sometimes you got to reach out. You know, they they're usually good about just popping in on churches unannounced. And uh, that's easier when a lot of pastors are in the office. But that's not always the case. So you have to take that initiative initiative as well. So if you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling a little lonely, uh, you know, reach out to us, obviously, on social media. Kyle is at Kyle Bierman on Twitter or the X, whatever it is. I'm at M. Hensley. You can do that. Uh, and we can certainly work to connect you with folks. Reach out to your DOMs, your area reps, that kind of stuff. Start there. That pastor up the street. Maybe, <laughs> shocker, it's not another Southern Baptist church. It's obviously great as, if it is, but it might be a Methodist pastor, a Lutheran pastor, a Presbyterian pastor, non-denom pastor. Uh, you know, reach out. Y'all get a cup of coffee. Talk about what God is doing in your lives. Get to know one another. Be in each other's corner and so forth. Learn from, from them and uh, maybe try and... Uh, lead them on the right path. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, any other thoughts before we wrap up? No, as you mentioned, you're not alone. Um, don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to go to nam.net slash replant, look for resources um, and, and reach out to your local association, state convention to get connected with some other guys who are quite likely feeling a lot of the same pressures that you are. All right. Well, until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as Hector Neris jawing with whatever that batter was. I can't remember last night. Uh, I was up really late with left coast baseball after very early mornings all week. I finally, I raised the red flag this morning, but anyway, we love you. hope you have a great day and we will talk to you soon. What's wrong with you people? <laughs>